0: Hey, you. What's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce O'Didison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Hey, hey, so I just got off the, the course with a team of leaders, had 30 leaders, and we're looking at developing strategies to deal with difficult situations that they're leading. And it comes up over and over again, and I can't tell you how many times I see that. So you would think with everything that's happening, it's COVID-19 and people are, you know, they're thinking about going to work, remote work, isolation, all of these things are on top of their mind. But it comes down, it never fails over and over again, twice this month, over 100 leaders telling me, Joyce, our biggest difficulty is the interpersonal dynamics, like really people... How can we as humans be so difficult and so cross and so hard to get along with? (laughs) Let's talk about it. What is difficult in a time like this, as we deal with the challenges of interpersonal issues at work? So I had this question this morning and it's like, well, one of the people I lead is telling me that her employee is being rude, disrespectful, and dismissive. But she's doing the same thing to me and I'm her leader. And here she comes to me with that problem. (laughs) Oh my, it was funny. I do have to laugh. But the reality is life is a mirror. And being a mirror, she is receiving back what she got. So here I am with 30 leaders online and this question is posed, how do I deal with that? Because that's what's sitting on my plate right now. I don't know what to do. I want to tell her you're getting what you get, you know, you're giving, you're getting what you're giving, but um, how do I do it and still maintain a, a cordial working environment? And if you're facing something like that or somebody you know facing something like that, it is... Too common, it shouldn't be, but reality is, it's there. So let's talk about how to address that. So first of all, I said to her, really, um, life is a mirror, and here is an opportunity where this person is reflecting back, getting back what they've been putting out. So it's a reflection of what they're seeing. Often, though, when you see that, it's because it's something familiar to you. So there is a tool and there's a, prog- a program that I use, and I can't remember all the different things, uh, piece of it, but it's what it does. It gives you an opportunity to put down on paper the name of the person that you're most annoyed with. Then you get to write out. What is it that the person is doing that's annoying you? So you write down everything that they're doing that's annoying, that's frustrating you, that's making you really miserable. And you, I want you to actually start writing out all their, their shortcomings, what you see as their shortcomings. And this is an exercise. This is all about venting. So you just do that. Just vent it out on paper. Create a list, all their bad points, all their negative points, all their shortcomings, this is what frustrates me, angers me, and makes me mad. So put it out there. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Let's let have it out. You don't need to carry that around. Remember, stress is what kills us, right? Those thoughts are stressful. But I remember that there is a work by Byron Katie, the work that does something similar. And it asks you, who do you become? when you encounter that or you have that thought right she asks you how do you become when you have that thought because when we take all that time and energy to think of someone and think of how horrible they are and how they make us feel it changes us it's funny because bruce lipton in his work on the biology uh, of belief, it talks about the skin as being, you know, that huge epidermis, and it's all it does is sense, sense what's going on. Well, it's the same with our minds. When we, when we think about when our, our level of annoyance, when we're so annoyed about somebody, and we we take time to identify all their faults and all their shortcomings, it does something to us. It changes who we are. And so it's very interesting because one of the things I'm doing right now, I'm creating a, a lab for my students. It's a professional lab, and it's on interpersonal skills. And we're actually doing a lab for listening. And part of doing, it's a bit of improv. Part of doing that listening is being able to listen to the other person and fully listen with your whole being. But the other part that's interesting in there is the mirroring that we're doing. How do we mirror each other, right? Uh, you, you know, I, I touch my eyebrow, you touch your eyebrow, right? I t- And really doing a conscious, because mirroring is something we do at a subconscious level. Humans have this, what we call in our brain, a mirror neuron. It's an incredible uh, ability to be able to mirror the emotions of others that's why when somebody comes to your office and they cry you're crying too you're like why am i crying i don't even know your mother and here i'm crying i am crying because my i am created as a human to have mirror neurons to feel pain for you A lot of times dissonance sets in where we dehumanize the other person. So in conflict, we look at how we dehumanize the other person, meaning that we don't empathize with that person suffering because we don't see them as a human. Right. We don't see them as a being that's worthy or that that even feels pain. And so even in some of the literature, when you look at some of the history and you do some of the interviews in racism, right? A lot of times the whites justified the racist treatment and derogatory treatment of people of color saying, oh, they don't feel pain. They have a very high tolerance of pain. They don't mind that we treat them that way. So what they've done is dehumanize the person. And that's how we create dissonance so for our mirror neurons, because our, everything in us we're created we're interconnected being everything in us wants to feel empathy wants to feel compassion but we have to come up with dissonance right distorted thinking that tells us ah ah, no they don't really want to feel they don't really feel pain. they don't hurt like us no that's not painful they're okay with being raped they like it when we rape them right you you know these these twisted sadistic way of thinking. So humans have a history of being able to dehumanize each other and to move away from empathy and compassion for each other with dissonance. So what we're saying here is different, is that we have that mirror neurons. We can't get away from it. We can lie and fool ourselves, right? We create a mindset where we Tell ourselves that we shouldn't feel what our bodies are telling us to naturally, you know, our brain is telling us we should feel. So, mindset is everything. And that was one of the things I was saying with the leaders today is like when you're dealing with difficult situations, the biggest, the biggest strategy, your biggest tool is your mindset. So when you work on developing a resilient mindset, then you can step away from the difficulty. You can can look at it objectively and say, ah, this situation is happening for what what Tony Robbins often say, is this happening for you or to you? This situation is happening for me to pay attention, for me to learn, for me to develop. But we don't do that. What we usually do is like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why do I have this horrible boss? Why do I just. And so here is this leader sitting across from her junior leader who is complaining to her about a behavior she's experiencing from her subordinate that is exactly what she is. Reflecting back up to her leader. And you talk about life being a mirror, and you talk about like, really, this is too much, right? I tell you, I love my job. <laughs> you, you, you can't make this up. There's no soap opera that can, you know, it, it's everyday. It's interesting and and exciting and 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 <laughs> I <laughs> makes me laugh, right? Because I just I was like, ah, oh, look at that. So as we work through this, I was suggesting that how do we now have that critical conversation? Now she knows what she's seen and she knows what she wants to say. Her challenge and where the difficulty comes in. And that's why we ask, why is this person, why is this person challenged with solving this problem? Because it's presented, it's very clear. This is how you treat me. What do you mean your employees treating you that way? So the answer is having that critical conversation. Having that critical conversation is the strategy. And we've gone on too long as a society without having a proper place for us to learn to have good critical conversations. And that is what I do at Interpersonal Wellness. That's what we do. We create those opportunities for critical conversations. So our, our participants learn, our leaders learn. And so we put them through our relational leadership program where they get to learn about having, developing the kind of relationship so you can have this conversation. Because she should be at a place where she could say to that person, but then I I think like, if you have somebody who's disrespecting you and challenging you and being rude to you, hmm, what kind of relationship do you have? You obviously lack the relational skills to elevate that relationship, to identify that behavior and take corrective measures to restore it and to develop the relationship. So she's been sitting there quietly taking this abuse from her subordinate, her junior leader. And it's not until the leader is telling her, this junior leader is saying, I am facing this from a subordinate. Is she like, what is going on here? So that is her difficulty. You see, it's COVID-19 and it's not COVID-19 at the same time because people's interpersonal skills are still a challenge. People are still unable to get along and to behave. So here we are working through that. So as we went through that, I invited her to take that junior leader on the process of identifying exactly what this person is doing, how it makes her feel, and who she becomes when she thinks of this person and the behavior that this person is demonstrating to her. So once she's gone through the exercise and you've asked her, who do you become when you think of this employee and the way they're treating you? Who do you become? How do you respond to them? How do you treat them? How do you behave that's different from your your healthy self? Because one of our goal here is to create psychological safety in the workplace. And psychological safety includes having good relationship. Humans are social beings. And if we don't have good working relationships, we cannot feel psychologically safe at work. And so it's important for us to work on the relationships. It doesn't matter where you work, how much you work for. If you are in the next cubicle and you are mad at me, my skin is going to feel it because I have a skin. I have it. That's just how it is. I'm going to feel that you're not feeling positively towards me. And that's going to take a toll on me psychologically. Emotionally, there's gonna be stress that mental stress that comes with that. And then we ask why are we so stressed? Why are we burned out? Why are we, you know, why we dying young? It's because we don't have good interpersonal relationships. I'm here to preach the gospel. So, what we need to do then is find a good way to have those kinds of conversations that is non-confronting. That is not judgmental. And so as we went through that exercise, I said, so at some point there, you're going to say, you know, I understand how you feel because from time to time, I feel that I'm experiencing something similar with you. So as you go through it, it just, it's clear to me that I've also experienced something similar with you. And it could be your frustration from dealing with that person, or it could be that you are also unaware of how you're coming. So maybe that employee is also unaware of how you guys are engaging and how she's coming across. So why don't we work on ways to identify? I will do my part. I will identify if and when this does happen again, and we can talk through it and maybe create a model that will help you to work with your, your employee. How does that sound? You see, I am now partnering with her to solve both our problems. And I don't know about you, problem solving is lonely. I want company when I have a problem to solve. So the likelihood of them working to, you see, that's different. Because you see, if the leader says, a. Uh, Well, you're always rude to me, too, and you're always treating me that way, and you're getting what you deserve. How would that enhance the relationship? It wouldn't, right? It would create a deeper wedge between them. And the fact that the leader, the junior leader, is actually telling her that she's encountering means that she has some level of respect for her and trust. Because this is a delicate situation, right? She's telling you that. Means that she does already have some respect for you, and for your judgment, or at least for your authority. So you could go further into how do you see, or what do you see as an approach or appropriate response to this situation. How can I help you? You could go through that with them, and then tell them that you're experiencing. Or you, I'm, I'm, I'm all about being forthright and. Uh, and, you know, dealing with issues head on. So I would tell her that I am experiencing something similar. This sounds familiar to me. I've encountered that from time to time in our exchanges. You see, that's very different from saying you always do the same thing and you do the same thing to me. You're taking responsibility. You say, I encounter that. I sometimes feel that way. The junior leader has no idea that her senior leader feels that way. The senior leader has not taken the responsibility to tell the junior leader how she's feeling. But now things have turned or changed, and the and the junior leader is telling her how she's feeling. Now she has an opportunity to learn. What an opportunity. Right? This is where you say, wow, this is happening for me. <laughs> Right? So the universe has sent this employee to create awareness for this junior leader of abrasive interpersonal skills and exchanges and how it's coming through and how it's making others feel. And now she's having insight on how it feels and now the opportunity to remedy her relationship with her boss. What an impact. So I don't know what you're going through right now in your difficult situation at work, but this is one I encountered today. And here's how, this is how I worked with the team to refocus on that and to um, reframe the problem and create an opportunity for critical conversation so they can move past this issue. I have another one coming up that I'll cover with you in the next episode. But for now, I wanna let you go, have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in. And it's been a pleasure sharing with you uh, on my fun life and work. It's just amazing, the people I get to see. And don't forget, we'll be tuning in for our regular sessions here weekly. And we have the Global Workplace Wellness Summit coming up in November. So check it out. GlobalWorkplaceWellnessSummit.com, and I will see you for our next episode. Bye now. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guest and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit. And of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com where we help you to work, live and play well. Bye now and we'll see you for another episode.